welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. This church is founded on three words. Firstly, the word of God in Jesus Christ. We're all about Jesus. John 1 says, Jesus is the word, the logos, the word, the living word. You want to know what the Father's, what God's self-expression is? It's Jesus. You want to know what the Father wants to say? It's Jesus. Uh, you want to know how to be a Christian? Have a relationship with Jesus. So that's the first word, Jesus. The second word that we're founded on is the word of God in the Bible. Uh, we are people of the book. We take the authority of Scripture seriously, and uh, we, we trust the Word of God. We seek to apply it to our lives. And uh, then the third word is the living and active now Word of God through the prophetic. And uh, we, we believe that God still speaks today. And, you know, in Ephesians 4 and 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about you know, the church being built on certain gifts, the apostolic and the prophetic, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and so on. And uh, we believe that's still true. And, uh, you know, with any gift, um, we're, all, we're all called. We, there's one spirit, you're filled with the spirit, we're all called to move in the gifts of the spirit. You read 1 Corinthians 12, it will tell you what those gifts are. Uh, words of knowledge, healing, uh, prophecy, and so on. Words of wisdom. And so we're all called to move in them. But some of us get good at like a particular one. Like we get good at like evangelism or good at healing or, or good at prophesying or whatever. And that's when people often say they don't just like prophesy a bit. They have a ministry in the prophetic. And, 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 and there's a sort of level of recognition and trust. And, and in this church, we have people who have ministries in these different areas. And not all sort of full-time Christians by any means. Uh, well, they're full-time Christians, but you know what I mean. <laughs> and then the third um, thing that sometimes happens is some people who are moving in a particular ministry of the Spirit, it's like they, they step into an office of that gift. Uh, and you get someone who has the office of an evangelist, the office of the prophetic, the office... Uh, of teaching and so on. And those are people who often they're exercising forms of governance in their own churches, but out of that gift, and often are working translocally. They're recognized and respected in the body of Christ. And so we're all called to prophesy, and we, we've just had that already in this service. People have come up and shared words which have spoken directly into our lives. And uh, some of us, as we grow in those, will we'll, we'll start to minister in the prophetic, uh, but we recognize in this church some people have the office of prophet. It's not just a verb, but it's a noun for them, not just a thing they do, but it's kind of really intrinsic to who they are. And uh, there's, there's three particular prophetic voices we trust in this church. There's lots of others, but these are just people we know their character, we trust them. One is obviously Bill, who leads this congregation, who's just extraordinary in, in the prophetic Another is Julian Adams uh, from South Africa, who's just moved to America, uh, who we get in from time to time. We'll have him coming in soon. He's brought key words to us as a church. And then the third is the person we got with us today, uh, Chris Westhoff. 
And uh, Chris has often brought words into my own life just at at the moment I needed them, just clear words from God. There have been occasions, literally, I've been sitting alone talking to the Lord. I've asked the Lord a question, and within 15 minutes, I receive a weird recorded message. That's how she does it uh, on, on WhatsApp. Uh, saying, hey, P, I don't know if this makes any sense. And then God comes in with the answer to like our private conversation via this mad prophet woman in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so Chris is, is the real deal. She's part of the international team that supports 24-7 communities all around the world. Uh, she works extensively in the Middle East. Uh, has just been in, uh, uh, in Lebanon working with Syrian uh, Christians uh, there. And she's just great fun and someone who loves Jesus, and we trust her. And so I've just told her to be completely relaxed. Let me be absolutely clear. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14 that that we should uh, prophesy uh, a lot. And so to have a prophetic culture is just a biblical way of being church. He also says that uh, prophets prophesy in part. That means we lift all pressure off Chris to get it 100%, you know, right. Uh, sometimes people, you know, say, uh, well, you know, 90% was great, but there was this one bit way off the mark, and then they kind of throw the whole thing out. I'm like, dude, that's fine. Just exercise your discernment, take what makes sense, and then leave the rest. And so we lift all pressure off her to have to get it 100% right. Uh, but uh, that, that's Chris, and we love her. She's here with her amazing husband, Craig, and one of her two sons, Sam. Just stand up, guys. Give everyone a wave. Uh, we, we really love these guys. And so, uh, Chris, we welcome you as a dear friend, as someone we trust. We want anything you've got for us, anything God's got for us through you. And why don't we just stand up? I want us just to honor uh, Chris and what she carries from the Lord. Let's stand and honor her, if that's okay, Chris. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you. Wow, I should record some of these introductions and listen to them on really bad days. <laughs> That's uh, slightly intimidating, but uh, so I'm going to erase that from my memory. There's people up there too. Hi, guys. Are those better seats? Like, do you choose those on purpose? Kind of sitting above it all in a very real sense. That's awesome. I'm just taking it in. I missed most of worship. And I, um, so I'm just, I'm taking you in. It's really hard for, like, me. <laughs> I was going to say all prophetic people, which might be true, to miss worship. I'm like, that's the best part. <laughs> I was like, it's so hard. But we had a great time over at Woking. What great people. They're amazing. Anyway, let's pray. <sighs> I'm going to pray again and again and again. Holy Spirit, I acknowledge your presence here. It's our desire to fully and completely give you free reign. To do whatever it is that you want to do. We need you. I can't do anything without you, and that's the truth. We want to honor you.
<laughs> Amen. It's going to be hard to stand, I'm afraid. So if I end up on my knees, you know why. It's just so we don't fall over and make silly fools of ourselves. So can we just talk about the Holy Spirit for a minute? It's one of my favorite topics. You know, in, um, in John, there's this story that unfolds with Jesus and his disciples that's pretty awesome. Like, I've often had a little envy about the disciples. Like, can you guys relate? They got to walk with Jesus in the flesh. They got to see all the miracles. They got to see the loaves and the fishes multiply before their very eyes. They had to pick up all the leftovers. They got to see the dead being raised and Jesus walking on the water. They got to hear. Like, the things that I'm the most jealous of, to be honest, are like the nighttime conversations underneath the tree. Like, I always picture it's underneath the tree as they're falling asleep, you know? And the, the deep questions of their inner soul that we don't know anything about that they get to ask those questions and hear an audible answer. Like, like that's amazing. They got to walk with God in the flesh for three years. Like, I'd be happy with a text message. Like, seriously, it's absolutely astonishing. The more you think about all that they witnessed and all that they felt. Like, we talk about sensing the presence of God. Can you imagine, like, what was emanating from the person of Jesus? We, there was miracles when people just touched him, that power left from him, that virtue came out of him. He, he lived a life that was completely, like he, he had holy emotions, like he had complete self-control. Like that alone will preach a whole message. What was that like? I've never met a person that had complete and perfect self-control in my life. You know, <laughs> and, and he did. Like what was that like? So to sit there in, the, like, in our imaginary sense of being a part of the disciples in the presence of Jesus, after three years of watching him rebuke the Pharisees, like, that must have been fun. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then he says to them, I'm leaving. It's better that I go. And they knew it was death. Like, they... The scripture says that he, they grieved, like they, they knew he was telling them he's going to die, and he had told them this more than once, and here he is saying, it's better that I go? Like, you got to be kidding me. Like, God in the flesh, what can be better than that? Like, there's nothing better than God in the flesh, ever. Like, seriously? But the Holy Spirit, <laughs> Jesus was saying, it's better. It's better for you to have the Holy Spirit than for me to be here in the flesh. And I know theologians, you know, explain that in a lot of different ways. And I'm sure they're right in all of the ways they explain it. But the thing that captures my heart is, is just who the Holy Spirit is. Like, I, I feel um, I'm, I'm rather caught up in a lot of thoughts about the Holy Spirit lately. One of them is that he's, he's other. Like, he is a completely other than me. Which I know that sounds like an obvious, but it's it's not. Like sometimes I can like, oh my, I got butterflies in my stomach. That's the Holy Spirit. Like I, I kind of not that that wasn't the Holy Spirit, but there you there's goosebumps and and but we can we can minimize the Holy Spirit in in such um, ways that uh, is um, sad to me sometimes. Like I've done it. Like I, I and I've been working really hard to remind myself that He is other. He is a completely other than me. He's completely 
other than humanity. He is completely an other in the Trinity. He is the third person of our Godhead. Like he is, he is a holy and magnificent, transcendent, eternal spirit, and he's here. Like he is, he is to be worshipped. He is to be followed. And I, I've I look back over my life, and especially in our charismatic world, and, and there's times where I, I feel like I've tried to command him to do things rather than um, submit to what he wants to do. There's been times where I feel like we're trying to sing louder. Not here. I missed worship. But it was really the Holy Spirit was strong when I walked in the door. But there's been times when I've been in a worship set that I feel like, okay, we're singing louder. Are we trying to manipulate the Holy Spirit to do something? He's not a power surge. He's not an atmosphere. He's not a, um, <laughs> he's not a, a thing that we can control in any way, shape, or form. In fact, he normally doesn't want to do what we're trying to get him to do. In fact, I think we kind of turn him off when we try to make him do something because it fits our schedule and our meetings and the way that we want to do things. In fact, he usually, I think, is the most present when we don't even know he's there. Like, he doesn't seem concerned with our reputation. He doesn't seem to be bothered by our schedules. He's like, he is not going to be controlled by us. He is to be followed. He's to be submitted to. He's to be served. We know when we say things like, we can't do anything without the Holy Spirit, but how often am I doing things and then just inviting him along and hoping that he shows up, which is fine. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be critical. Are you feeling criticized? Okay, good. I'm just more convicted in my own life because I'm like, oh, Holy Spirit, I'm so sorry. You are holy. And you are transcendent. And you were here a long time before me. In fact, this is all your idea. You were here at the beginning of cre creation, like hovering over the waters. You, you are magnificent. And I want to join in with whatever you are doing. And forgive me for presuming to I'm trying to manipulate you into what I'm doing. He is um, he's really wanting to move in the UK. He told me years ago that he's about to turn this nation. And I've been watching and waiting. It's the reason I keep coming. I'm like, I want to see that. He's going to turn this nation. But there is something that I can I feel inside of me that he wants to reintroduce himself as this holy, transcendent, eternal, holy spirit. Like, can we know him? He wants to reintroduce himself to all of us so that we can... Um, remember that he is other and wants to be uh, wants to be obeyed. Simply obeyed. <laughs> and then Paul just throws things out. How, how much time do I have? Didn't even ask. Okay, good. Paul just throws things out like, you know, and I bless you with the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute, wait. <laughs> Rewind. Like, do I know what that means? Like, do I presume that, that, that I know what that means? Like, what does that mean? Is that the goosebumps in a Sunday morning service? I don't, I don't think so. I, like, what? He fellowshiped with the Holy Spirit. Like, what's that like? Can we, be, can we be hungry to fellowship with the Holy Spirit? 
Like, I think our spiritual hunger is so wrapped up in the, in the person, this third person of the Trinity that is so magnificent, but so mysterious, so mysterious. And isn't that wonderful and frustrating all at the same time? He won't be grasped with our mind. Like, he won't let himself be captured. Our mind tries to pin things down and box things in and capture and understand things. Like, our brains are naturally um, overly zealous and overly confident, but our hearts can grab hold of things that our brains can't comprehend. Our hearts have a larger capacity to grab hold of, of encounter. And so I feel like the Holy Spirit... He, we do have a spirit of our mind, like he does teach us. I know he is, it's one of his primary roles is he teaches us. But I think he primarily teaches us through our hearts. Like our, our hearts can capture messages and then our brain will eventually grab a hold of what he's talking about. You know what I mean? I'm just a bit, I'm just rambling a bit about the Holy Spirit because I feel like it's, it's crucial. It's crucial that we learn more of him. Because he does invite us to companion him, which is really amazing. I mean, we're invited in to what he's doing. Like, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to include us at all. But he's inviting us in to be a part of what he's doing. So, like, that's a thrill. And it's an honor. And it's, um, and there's also a tremble in it. Like, it's not me doing things and inviting him along. I know I said that already, but it's, it's him doing things and inviting us along. And so, so what does that look like? How can we learn to follow him better? How can we submit to how he wants to move? And, and there's a lot of dignity that's lost in that. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of control that's lost in that, but it's, it's what at the depth of our being, it's what we're truly hungry for. Like, that's what we really want. Right? Can you feel the hunger that he wants to unleash? Especially in this house. I had, um, I've been praying for you guys quite a bit, and I, uh, the other morning I woke up, and you know that half-awake, half-asleep space? <laughs> um, I saw this wild picture like, it was, it was this, I don't know if you call it a picture or a vision, in that place, a dream. It's kind of in that in-between space. But I saw all you guys, like the whole lot of you. And um, it, it was odd, but bear with me for a minute. I, uh, the whole crowd of you all together in unison, you, did, you just stomped. You went, bam, bam. You didn't say the bam, bam part. I, I added that. But in the vision, it was just this really almost violent like power stance, you just all like, it, and it caught me, like I woke up to it, I jolted up, I knew it was you, and, and right away I felt like it's defiant, and then Craig talked to me about it this morning, he said, yeah, that's, that's defiance against the world, and I felt like, yes, that's exactly what this place is called to, absolute and utter defiance to come against the, the, the principalities and powers of this world, but it's the, the, the nuance of uh, coming up against and standing firm against the tide, like that, that rushing tide that wants to push the church in one direction, but you know the call of God on your life. And then right on the heels of that, as I woke up, I jolted out of bed and saw that picture, 
And then I um, went right into another kind of vision thingy, <laughs> whatever, whatever language we're comfortable with. And it was this water that was gushing from heaven. I mean, it was like this waterfall gushing from heaven. It, I mean, it crashed down and dispersed like out into rivers all over. And there is something here that God wants to do this massive disbursement. Like it's, it just rocked me in the way that there is multiplication that the Holy Spirit, I mean, the Holy Spirit does. He sends us out. <laughs> he always sends us out. It's what's killed revivals in the past when the Holy Spirit pours down. He, and if we, if we huddle in, he'll stop. He sends out. It's the first thing he did at the day of Pentecost is they went out and preached the gospel to the crowd. It's like that's what the Holy Spirit does. He multiplies. He expands. He sends out. And so as we lean in to know the Holy Spirit more, he will light fires inside of us to engage the chaos like, there is a call on this community to engage in the darkness, to run towards the pain, to engage the chaos of the world, to bring the light of the love of God into the darkest, most painful places. It's what the Holy Spirit does. And it's, it's a rewiring of who we are, isn't it? Because inside, we have this... Um, <laughs> We've got a lot of love for comfort in the West. We, we have an instinct to pull away from pain. We just do. Like, that's human nature. And I've, I've wrestled with God over that. I'm like, couldn't you just, like, have wired us to begin with to run towards pain instead of this, this thing that needs to be altered inside of us? But he does it. That's discipleship. He rewires us from the inside out by the Holy Spirit. And he says, come on! And then he leads us right into chaos. He says, I want you to engage the chaos. There's so much chaos in the world right now. Like, there's protests in, like, five or six different countries at least. Like, it's everywhere. Brexit, it's, like, happening right now. Trump, I mean, like, come on, people, the world is screaming. We're a hot mess. There's so much chaos. And the Holy Spirit runs towards it. He never pulls away from pain. He runs right into it. The pain of the homeless, the pain of the hurting, the pain of the broken. He runs right into the pain of the world, but he will not ever bow to its trajectory. He won't be pushed or pulled by the, the current of the world. And, and as you guys stood there and stomped, you were coming against the current of the world and running right into the chaos and embracing the pain like, and bringing the light into the darkness. You know, I mean, this is the gospel. This is the gospel. But in this room, there's, there's church planters. There is um, people that the Lord is raising up to multiply, to expand, and to spread out because he pours down the water from heaven to spread out into the rivers. And then I had a dream that I'm pretty sure was about Pete, but I'm going to wait and tell him that in private, except for this part. And I'm going to include everybody who's leading here. But there was, um, in the dream... But like the Lord just said, don't stop contending. Like there are some specific things that you guys are contending for from before Emmaus started that you were contending for at the early part of your life. Just said, don't quit. Like I woke up saying, don't quit. Don't stop contending. So there is something that you're contending for in this city. There is something that Emmaus is contending for in this nation. That I, I'm not a grandiose person on most days. Well, that's not really true. Kind of grandiose, but not right now. I'm not being grandiose in this moment. There is something you're contending for in this nation 
that the Lord wants to make sure you don't stop. Like he spoke it in a dream, don't stop contending. And it was, it was yeah, it was an awesome dream because I actually saw where it was heading. And there is, there is like full-blown, the promises of God are to be fulfilled for the UK. Like there's just no doubt. He wins. He, he wins. We know that he wins. Amen? Um, can I talk to you in the green sweater for a minute? You don't have to come up here. I just wanted, I'm just pointing you out. Is that okay? Is this all right? How much time do I have? You are so kind. I, I saw the Lord um, wiping worry off of the road in front of you. Like there was worry and stress on the road in front of you. I felt like there was um, just an, an, a, not an attack, that's too strong of a word, but I just felt the love of God washing over you. And he washed off all worry and concern. And he's just taking you by the hand and leading you into your future. Like he's got it figured out. You're asking questions that he has the answers to and he's not going to tell you yet. I know it's frustrating. He, he just leads, and he doesn't tell us where he's leading. That's just one of those things that he does. But he's, he's grabbing you by the hand, and he's leading you right to the perfect place. So the decisions that are weighing on you right now, you can release into the hands of God and just grab hold of his hand. He's trustworthy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, good. Good, good. I think I'm out of time. Am I out of time? Sorry. I'm not very professional. American. <laughs> but I'm not tech. We live in Oklahoma, right above Texas. We are above Texas. <laughs> kind of like you guys are above it all. <clears throat> Can we just pray? I, I want to I pray and stir things up in the Holy... Just Yeah? Can we do that? I just... And the, the sense of what he wants to do in the room, what he wants to do in your lives. I saw a... I saw tongues of fire busting out into homes. He's going to be moving. Yes, when you gather together. But he's, he's chasing after the homes. There's going to be Holy Spirit homes alive with worship and prayer throughout the week. There's going to be tongues of fire that are released. Oh, inside of homes. So gather and worship. Holy Spirit, will you, huh? we just say yes. We say yes to what it is that you want to do. Will you help us to see where you're moving and know where you're, and know when you're wooing us to surrender to you. Will you stir up these people? Will you reintroduce yourself to all of us? Hey, will you reintroduce yourself to us? Will you help us and walk us right into surrendering to you and learning more every day what it looks like to follow you? Will you stir up our jealousy for more? Will you stir up our love? Will you stir up the good deeds? You stir up the visions and the dreams and the hungers and the desires. Hey, we need you, Holy Spirit. We need you.
Thank you for companioning us. Thank you for inviting us along. So right now, can I ask you to do something? Can you um, focus in on the air on your skin? I know that seems funny, but just roll with me for a minute. The air in here is very still, and yet it's very present. We're usually only aware of air when it's blowing. And yet, right now, it's keeping us alive. We're breathing it into our lungs. It's very much like the Holy Spirit. He's, he's very present. He's keeping us alive. Whether he's still or whether he's blowing, we honor his presence. And he's training our awareness. He's training our awareness. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you. We honor you. And we submit to you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Pass it over to Bill or Pete or something. <coughs> Sorry, I thought I was out of time. I'm trying so hard. Okay, this guy back here with the hair. <laughs> yeah, you, will you, um, yeah, yeah, uh -huh. will you stand up please just so I can see you better? <laughs> Sorry, was that, yeah, you like your hair, I like your hair, your hair is awesome, it was the only way I knew how to point you out. I saw a really cool picture of, um, of you, the road behind you was, as you walked, it was crumbling, and um, I knew it was the Lord saying, you're not going to go back, for, no, you're not going to go back. You're not going to go backwards. There's only forwards. And so the, the Lord has um, taken you into seasons where he's speaking about your future. But there's something in your past that, um, I don't know if, it, if I would use the word haunting or um, a little bit scary. I don't, I don't know what that is, but the, I just feel like the Lord wanted to confirm to you, you're not going back. It's only forward, and it's only forward with him. And I know you're walking with him, so it's not anything bad like that. It just feels um, like a, a, an assurance, like a moment in time where you know that um, nothing from your past can ever touch you again. Does that make sense to you? Kind of, sort of? Okay, good. Well, I want to bless that, and I bless your forward motion. And I do see there's gems on the road in front of you. 
And these just golden moments of revelation of scripture, of humans, of engagement with what the kingdom of God is doing in your life. And then there's, there's some of those gems a little bit farther down the road that are really specific to your gifts and call. And so when it's time... It's almost like Pac-Man. Do you guys know Pac-Man? I just totally dated myself, didn't me? Didn't I? Um, but it's, as you walk down your road, he's going to give you everything you need when you need it. So there's no worries. Amen? Is that all right? I mean, it's the good news, I think. <laughs> okay. There, um, I'm sorry, I'm stalling because I also see some weapons in your hand. They're like good weapons against the kingdom. There's a warfare element to who you are. There's a fight. There's a justice thing. You're going to defend those who can't defend themselves. You're going to fight for people who don't want to fight for themselves. There's, a, there's, a, there's something inside of you that the Lord is directing as, a, as, a, as this warrior rises up to defend those who can't defend themselves. It's really beautiful. Yeah, we just bless you in that. Amen. Are those your friends? Was that right? No? You're not. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking for somebody I saw earlier. I'm not just staring at you all awkwardly. I'm not seeing her. I might hunt her down a little bit later. All right. I bless you all to hear the voice of God. I bless you all to multiply a life that hears the voice of God, where that becomes normalized in our lives. And bless you all to live these radical lives led by his voice and that make no sense whatsoever. It's at those moments that those are the kinds of lives that the world will look on and know that there's something different about you. Amen. I just saw a picture of you stabilizing people's foundations. Like a, and it, you need to know that's important. It's an important work when you come along somebody and, you're, and they're rocky and they're like, whether it's an individual or a business or a group of people, that you can come in and peer up their foundations and strengthen them. That's a very kingdom. It's very much... The heart of God. Does that make sense? Yeah. What, way to go. <laughs> well done. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a thrill. Thank you, Chris. So let's just get the band back up. Now, here's how it works. So um, we've had words about... Uh, stabilizing foundations, about um, the road sort of crumbling behind you, but gems ahead of you. We've had words about contending, a call to us to contend as, as a church, to, to fight for some stuff. And um, words about kindness and, and, and guidance. And the way it works is this, when, when the word of the Lord is released, grab hold, if you want it, grab hold of it, okay? Uh, don't think... Oh, I, I wish I'd had that. If, if you think I, that, that, that would be good for my life, grab it and claim it and, and nick it. And uh, that's, that, that's how it works. That's how the Bible works, right? You know, it doesn't just belong to one person. Lots of people can get faith and revelation uh, and breakthroughs from, from the same bits. So uh, just grab it. Let's stand together, shall we?